0: Hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode. I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to tell you about a couple things before we jump into our episode. First off, head over to your socials, Facebook or Instagram, and follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted Great Content, It includes our mom-to-mom ministry for mothers. It includes our Regarding Him conference. It happens yearly in March. And, of course, it includes this podcast, Unshaken. There's so much good content you are going to want to follow, so do it today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory. It helps us out, but it also helps you out because you get notification of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you have ideas, suggestions, or even thoughts about an episode that you heard. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head into today's episode. this is episode 94, it's called Patience in Training. Have you ever prayed for patience? And then God gave you probably a lot of chances to practice it. Sometimes I've teased, like in Bible study, that I did not want to practice patience anymore so I was not going to ask for prayer for it because I didn't want to practice it. Now I'm not sure that's the right attitude either, but we can all agree that patience is a very hard way to live. If you're a mother, you probably have a lot of opportunities to practice patience. If you're a wife, you probably have just as many opportunities to practice patience. Hey, if you're a coworker or neighbor, you probably have a lot of opportunities to practice patience. Honestly, if you are alive, you probably have a lot of opportunities to practice patience. And I'm not really sure that we'll ever have this down perfectly, this side of heaven. But I do think we can really talk about it. And I think I brought the right person. I'm so excited to introduce you to my lovely friend, Rebecca Kepler. Now, if you've been listening for a while, she's been already on the episode before when we talked about favorite verses, and I encourage you to go back and head to those episodes early, those are some of our early ones, and listen to those because her episode that she shared her favorite verse was really impactful to many women, I've actually heard people tell me. And I think she has a lot she can share with us about this difficult topic of patience. So, welcome, Rebecca. Thanks. It's glad to be. I'm glad to be back. Okay, Rebecca. Before we jump into this topic, um, I always like to start with something a little lighter. And I know a little bit about you, um, and I know that you like things beautiful. Maybe that's the right word. I do, so, tell I me. Do. Tell me your favorite decorating tip. Maybe even one that's cheap and free. Can we do that? We we will try. Okay, so I
1: really love design. I love making things look things look pretty, but I, along with probably you and most other people, are decorating on a budget. We moved into a fixer upper house, we're early on in our marriage and so yeah. we just don't have a lot to work with. Um, so I think that my biggest design tip is one that is ultimately a money saver, but doesn't seem so at first glance. Okay. So my tip is to buy less, which is a money saver. Yes. But buy bigger. And what oh. I mean, it's better to buy one bigger or better, more you know, better quality item that sure. might be more expensive at first than to buy several smaller items yep. that get kind of cluttered, um, and that are. Individually cheaper. So let's say that Mm -hmm. you need something for your kitchen table It would be much better to spend $20 on one big beautiful vase that you love than to spend a bunch of money You know on little tiny pieces, you know from the dollar store Yes Little things that you don't necessarily love but you're just trying to you know do it on a budget But you're spending three dollars here five dollars here, and it adds up to be twenty dollars Well, the big vase for $20 is going to be a bigger visual impact than the little things here and there. You only need one. You can stick some flowers in it and call it a day. And it's, it's just going to be so much better. The five vases, or however many you bought, it's just going to feel cluttered. <laughs> yes. And then you're going to have to store those five vases somewhere. You know, put them in a cardboard yes. box in your basement. Or you're going to have to buy somewhere something to store them in. Yes. Right? <laughs> and so you end up spending a lot more money. But if you just buy one big, beautiful vase, you're probably going to keep it for forever. And it's just going to look so much better. The best is when you find that big, beautiful vase for $2 at Goodwill. Yes. That's perfect. So I guess that's my ultimate money saver. Go to Goodwill and find something big instead of
0: buying a bunch of little things. Actually, that's really good advice. It makes me think of shoes. Yes. I have learned in my life to spend to save money and buy a nicer pair of shoes. Yes. Otherwise, I have a ton of shoes that are kind of junky. That you don't like. And I don't wear and they hurt my feet. This is a great principle. Yes. No. Yes. We can apply that all the time. But I love that. And I love that you could get a big, beautiful vase for the middle of your table. I need yes. you to go with me and help me with some of these oh, things. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> I'm sure you would. <laughs> um, okay. Are you ready to talk about this topic of patience? I mean, I don't know about you, Julie, but I certainly do not
1: feel like an expert but on patience. But that's why I asked you. You're yes. an expert. Yes. Yes. I, well, no, I assume that most other people, most other women, that are listening to the podcast feel the same way that yeah. I do. It's a very convicting and yet encouraging fruit of the spirit to be thinking about. For Yeah,
0: sure. for sure. I'm not sure that any of us are experts. No, no. But we've all had practice. We all have had a lot of practice. And probably sometimes we failed. So. Yes. All right. Yes. I think we should start with some definitions because it helps us kind of kick things off. So what are definitions of patience and maybe what are some of the synonyms? Because... I know that for me, I like hearing other words. They help me understand the word better.
1: Yes. So the newer version of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines patience like this. The ability to wait for a long time without becoming annoyed or upset. Oh. The 1828 version of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary gives a much more substantial definition. It says, the suffering of afflictions, pain, toil, calamity, provocation, or other evil, with a calm, unruffled temper, endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. Patience may spring from constitutional fortitude, from a kind of heroic pride, or from Christian submission to the divine will. Wow. So a much bigger, more substantial definition than the first one. And some synonyms for patience are diligence, endurance, perseverance, fortitude, grit. Perseverance, Forbearance, long-suffering. Grit. I like grit. that. I know. I, I think there's a book of Anna Green Naples that she was trying to figure out what the word grit was. Oh, that's fun. One of the old ladies was like, you just don't know it until you have it. Oh, that's you just don't know
0: grit until you have it. <laughs> well, those are great definitions. I especially like the second one because I think it gives us a lot to think about. Yes. What did you say about unruffled something? Um,
1: let's see... Calm, unruffled temper. Yeah, that's what I heard and I was
0: like, wow. I know.
1: That's that's... definitely not the temper that you have when you're running late and you get stopped at (laughs) a red light. That (laughs) is not
0: Yes. That's what we should have. Right, we should have. Yeah. Okay, so is the world's definition the same or different? What what's it like for the world to view patients?
1: So I think the world generally gives that first Merriam Webster definition. You know, waiting for a long time without becoming annoyed or upset. But honestly, I think that the concept and need for true patience has been kind of forgotten. Hmm. We have so many things right at our fingertips that we almost don't have a reason to be patient. The internet brings us any information we want in just a couple of taps. Hmm. We can get hot, yummy food from the drive-thru in only a few minutes. Yes. We can make (laughs) friends on social media without even having met them. Mm. You get the picture. I could go on and on. Well, I'm thankful for some of those things, especially the hot, yummy drive through food. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that we have lost touch with some of the nitty-gritty of patience that people a few hundred years ago needed to have.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was a little girl, I can still remember um, I was reading a series from the library, and we didn't buy the books. Um, I, don't, I don't know. We probably just couldn't afford to buy them, and I waited for those oh. books at the library till people were done reading them because we the library maybe had three copies and in my county they were all out, you know, yes. you had to wait and then you'd finally get that book and I would sit and read for two days straight, you yeah. know. Uh, that's the kind of patience.
1: And then you'd have to wait all over for the next one Yes, to come.
0: <laughs> yes that's so true. Uh. Okay, what's, does the Bible give us a different definition of patience or is it the same?
1: Well, it's similar, but the Bible links patience to hope. The Bible does not refer to patience simply as not getting upset in the midst of a trial. Mm. God's word shows it that, shows us that patience is walking determinedly with joy through the time period of a trial, trusting God, waiting on his timing, mm. our eyes fixed on the hope that is
0: ahead of us. Oh, yeah. That's a little more meaty. Yes. And I love that you brought out that it has hope. Yeah, I, I love that. That's yes. awesome. I think that's key it's key to patience because it was making me think of being in classrooms i as i've mentioned before i've been substitute teaching at my kids school and when you're telling kids to be patient it's hard for them to figure out how to do that because they don't see the good in it yeah when they're like i want that now you know right but this allows us to see something beyond yes keeping perspective maybe okay so um how are the two the bible and the world similar or different
1: So the world's patience is founded in their own strength or, you know, in a general belief in the forces of good in the world. But the Christian's patience is founded Mm. on trust and hope. Trust in our good God who is in control of all things and who is working all things, even the hard or simply annoying things, for our good Mm. and hope that God has a perfect plan and will bring it to completion. The Christian's patience comes from knowing that God is working everything out perfectly, even though they are walking through some sort of situation in which they can't see how God will use it for good, like what you were talking with Mm in the classroom. And the Christian's patience brings obedience to God's law in the midst of a trial, even if it seems like it would make more sense to disobey Him based on the situation. Hmm. As Christians, we believe that God uses bad things for good. James 1 2 2 through 4 says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and
0: complete lacking in nothing I love that verse I memorized that chapter last summer and I love that verse yes yeah
1: I think that was the verse that I was talking about in the last episode
0: I think it was. Yes, Yes, I think it was. Yes.
1: Because steadfast is my son's name. But anyways, um, we can think to the example of Joseph in the Old Testament. He was patient under much hardship and pain and loneliness. And at the end, those bad things resulted in the lives of his family being Hmm. spared from famine. Yeah. You know, he had no idea at the time, but there's that verse. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Yeah. So as Christians, we can believe that God uses even our little frustrations and inconveniences for good, and we can be patient because of that. The world can't believe that. Yeah. They don't have that hope. They don't have the God who is in control of all things. Right. As Christians, we can also believe that God will use bad things to sanctify us and to change us. We can actually believe that every time that our plans don't go the way that we wanted, or something annoying comes our way, that God is using that specific thing to make us more like Him. Hmm. We have the choice to either see that thing as something that is simply annoying and out of our control, or something that God has specifically brought into our lives
0: to make us more like Him. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting to think about. I, I just have to say, it's just switching, some of what you said, it's just switching our perspective. Yeah. from having it beyond what we want to do and our thoughts but to what God is doing
1: yes I love that that's good which ultimately brings us a lot more hope and and joy because we see oh this is God's plan yeah his plan is better
0: than my plan and sometimes maybe even memorizing a scripture that fits with that is good like that considered all joy yes from James 1 is great to memorize if you're going to memorize a verse that's a good one yes so Rebecca how can we actually be patient what do we need to do like I want to be patient what do I do Well, before we can start to be patient, we
1: need to figure out what we're waiting for, what we're working for, and what we're hoping for. My Bible study is studying 1 Thessalonians, and in the first chapter, Paul is just thanking God Mm. for how the Thessalonians have persevered and have had patience through persecution and have become an example to the whole surrounding region for their faith. But the reason they were able to have patience was because they knew what they were hoping for.
0: Mm.
1: They were hoping and waiting for Jesus' return. That's what Paul says. Um, John Calvin, who was a great reformer in the time of Martin Luther, says this about the Thessalonians. Intent upon the hope of the manifestation of Christ, they despise everything else and, armed with patience... They rise superior to the wearisomeness of length of time, as well as to all the temptations
0: of the world. Hmm. Wow! You know what? I'm gonna have you—you you read that. I'm gonna have you read that again. Okay. Because there was so much there, I gotta unpack it in my <laughs> I <know>. head. <laughs> I know.
1: Okay. Intent upon the hope of the manifestation of Christ, they despise everything else, and. Armed with patience, they rise superior to the wearisomeness of length of time, as well as to all the temptations of the world. Mm. So if we want to have patience like the Thessalonians, we need to figure out what we're waiting for, what we're working for, what we're hoping for.
0: Mm.
1: And scripture is happy to tell us. (laughs) So here are some of the things. The glory that will be revealed to us from Romans 8, 18. The redemption of our bodies, Romans eight twenty three, the coming of our Lord, James five eight, an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Second Corinthians four seventeen. The hope laid up for us in heaven. Colossians one five. I could go on, but really <laughs> you should just read the Bible and you yes. will
0: find out. It's full of that.
1: It's full. But if we don't know what we're hoping in, we will despair. Psalm 27 says this, I would have despaired unless I had believed Mm. that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord.
0: Okay, you know that episode that you were on before? Yes. And you shared your favorite verse again here? That verse was Judy Bellis' favorite verse. And we talked with her, and she shared that verse as her as her journey in watching and walking through with her son and having hope and having to be patient. So that's interesting. That verse was really helpful to her. Yeah. It's a good passage, and it
1: really has to do with patience, I think. Yeah. And we will despair unless we believe that we will see the goodness of the Lord. We will despair unless we have hope. But if we believe that God is good and put our hope in the good that he will do, then we can be strong and let our hearts take courage. Yeah. Then we can wait for
0: the Lord patiently with joy. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That hope that we can have the hope of looking forward to what God is doing, looking forward to where God is taking us. And to what I you, you said it earlier, you had like three things. Like um what we're, what we're waiting for, what we're working for, and what we're hoping for. And that's the things we got to work through yeah that's awesome yeah okay what about examples in the Bible who live this characteristic out and you know what hey since you're doing it how about some things some examples of people who didn't do it so well because that's like me I'm the one who doesn't always have good okay that sounds funny not only do I not always more often than not always I frequently struggle with patience yes so So do I so you gotta give me both sides yes okay
1: So a classic example of someone who is not patient. Oh, good. I'm glad you're starting with that. Yes, I'm starting with that. It's King Saul. Oh, yes. Found in 1 Samuel 13. So let me just set the stage of his terrible time. King Saul was Israel's first king. He won an impressive battle against the Philistines, which made the Philistines absolutely hate Israel. Mm. I mean, they already hated Israel. But they just (laughs) hated them more more because they had just gotten beaten by them so the philistines came back to fight again with israel this time with lots and lots of warriors and chariots when the men of israel saw what they were up against they all hid in caves and thickets from wherever they could find they were scared yeah. out of their minds so saul the king you have to remember this is the first king so the people didn't know how to follow a king they right. didn't know what was happening Saul the king was waiting for Samuel the priest to come to him to offer the burnt offering and the peace offerings. Saul could not go into battle until this offering was made. Right. He waited seven days according to the appointed time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not show up. Uh-oh. And Saul's army was scattering from him. Mm. So Saul decided that he could not wait any longer. He could not be patient anymore. So Saul took matters into his own hands and did the offering himself, which was breaking God's law since he was not a priest. And the Bible says that as soon as he finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. I mean, that was God's timing, obviously. Yes. And then Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come within the appointed days, and that the Philistines were assembling at Mishmash. Therefore I said, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not asked the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. I mean, you can hear all those excuses in there, and one after another. So Samuel said to Saul, You have acted foolishly. Mm. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Hmm. Wow. So I don't know about you, Julie, but I can't read that without having some measure of sympathy and understanding for Saul. I think if you insert yourself in his place, you know, a new king with his army scattering, you can sympathize as to why he made those offerings himself. I totally would have done that.
0: I could see myself doing that.
1: Yes. You just get impatient. Ah, we got to do this. We right. got to win the battle. Everyone's leaving. If I don't do anything. Maybe God didn't tell it to me
0: right. You know what I mean? Right. That's kind so- of like I get- Something yes. was wrong.
1: But God did not see Saul's impatience as a little deal. Right. It was a very big deal. It was foolish enough that God said that Saul's kingdom would not endure because of his lack of patience. ouch. God took away the kingdom that he had just given to Saul because Saul would not wait for God to work. Saul's lack of patience and trust and hope in God led him to sin. Saul certainly (laughs) made a bunch of excuses for his sin, but it was sin. Saul's impatience shows us that he had a deeper heart issue he was not a man after God's own heart unless you know unlike the next king David who right, was a man right. after God's own heart and Saul did not trust God or have hope in his goodness you know in that situation and that terrible you to know, time crunch Saul could not imagine how God would work in his waiting hmm. so he broke God's commandment to make up for it yeah. so that's an example
0: of a man who is not patient, right? Right, and yet I can relate to him. Yes, and I'm thankful that God put those stories in the Bible because they teach us yes. something yes a whole bunch of something and they
1: warn us that patience is actually a big yes. deal to God. Yeah, you know, it's not a little thing; it's it's a huge deal.
0: Okay, but what about
1: some? Give me somebody good. Well, if you want some good examples of patience, just read Hebrews chapter 11. I know yeah. that we often call it the Hall of Faith chapter for good reason, but it's full of men and women who have had patience to wait for what God had promised. Hmm. I mean, think about it. Where is faith without a need for patience? Yes. That's Can it. you have faith without some measure of patience? I really think that there's hardly a man or woman commended in scripture who was not required to have
0: patience. God requires us all to wait on him. I think it's a big part of faith. Okay, so maybe we should um, change that from the hall of faith to the hall of patience, right? Well, I mean it does talk about faith a lot. I know. <laughs> but I think I think that patience yeah. and faith just go hand they in hand. They do. And I mean I think when you're talking about that in just what you even said a minute ago, you can see how that there wasn't there was a lack of faith for Saul. Yeah. That God was gonna do something and he took it upon himself yeah. to take care of the problem. Yet that wasn't trusting God. Yeah. Yeah, they're really very, very closely linked yes. together. Yeah. Okay, so what about people in the real world? Do you know anybody who has exemplified patience? So a couple
1: of years ago, I don't know him personally as he is not alive anymore. Okay. But a couple of years ago I read a biography on William Tyndale.
0: Oh. I love this. Yes. I love history. So go yes, ahead. Yes. Tell me the story. I do too. He
1: was an Englishman who lived in the time of the Reformation in the early 1500s. If you know anything about that time period, you know it was a dark time that was dominated by an evil, corrupt Catholic church. In England, the church was in conflict with the king of England, Henry VIII, you know, the, oh. one, with, the one with all the wives. Yes. Which I think just... there's a
0: song that goes with that, but oh, I, are... I will not sing it. It's <laughs> okay.
1: okay. Uh, um. And that just caused more complications, that strife between the church and the church. The word of God was not available to the common person as it wasn't translated into English. So Tyndale's life work was to translate the original scripture texts from Hebrew and Greek into English. Tyndale said, this is his famous quote that you may have heard before, I will cause a boy who drives a plow to know more of the scriptures than the Pope. Wow. Wow. And of course, this was highly illegal by the Catholic Church. Yes. (laughs) Tyndale was considered a heretic for his translation efforts and for his outspoken criticism of the Catholic Church. And anyone caught helping Tyndale or with a copy of his work would be sentenced to death. Mm. The thing that struck me as I read about Tyndale's life is that he patiently worked and worked on this translation undercover, working far from his home in England, dodging the authorities without many friends and sometimes having to start over because his translation had been ruined. Mm. Although some of his incomplete translations made it out into the common people, he was caught and put to death at the stake without seeing the full completion and distribution of his very, very hard work. Wow. So he died without really seeing the result of his life's work. Wow. Wow. But a few years after he was martyred, the King of England finally went out against the Catholic Church and authorized an edition of the Bible in English hmm. to be read aloud in the church services of the Church of England. Much of that Bible came from Tyndale's translation.
0: Wow, because before that, they were reading it in
1: Latin? Yeah, and the people had no idea what they were being told. Right. So nobody had any idea, including a lot of the priests, what was in God's Word. They were just reciting something. Um, Wow. What a story. Yes. Yes. And I think this is a really encouraging and yet very hard story to hear. Yeah. I think the only way Tyndale was able to continue working and working was because of patience and because of his hope in the Lord. And we might not see the full fulfillment of our patient work here on earth, but our hope in the Lord should be what propels us forward and gives us the strength to keep working. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's great. That makes me think of the verse, I think it's Galatians 6, 9, that says, Do not grow weary. Yes. You know, do not grow weary. I, boy, I'm really bad at it. it do not, doing I know doing it. I, yeah, there you go. There you go. Say, say it for us, Rebecca. Do not grow weary in <laughs> doing, doing good. good. That's right. Yes. For the right season you, you'll reap but I just I just love that not to grow weary yes. in doing good and that's great for us who are doing the good things in our homes doing the good things in our jobs doing the good things that God calls us to do and still keep patient yes. in the process even though we don't see the end yes and I think that applies to the really nitty-gritty you know Tyndale's hand
1: probably got cramped from writing yes and his eyes got You know, it hurt because he couldn't see, because he just had candlelight, but he just continued working. And similarly, I think we have so many random little things that are difficulties that we just need to have hope and see the big picture instead of getting caught in the little nitty gritty Absolutely. And I think, along with Tyndale, that there are so many other stories of missionaries where they had to be patient because they didn't really see the fruit in their life, right? But then after they die, after they die, the gospel just blossoms. Yeah,
0: I actually love the story you told about Tyndale. I remember years ago I read um, like a biography out loud to my kids about it. I often have read missionary stories yeah. out loud to my so kids helpful. because I think it's great for them to hear about these people. Um, I read a, a book about Corey Ten Boom, which I know I've mentioned multiple times on here, but I didn't. It wasn't. Um, the hiding place that i read out loud it was like a, a children's sure. version but it was really good cause she also was a great example of patience yes and when you're reading about missionaries or martyrs or people of christians who have gone before us often they're a great encouragement and they teach us good lessons yeah and
1: i think it's helpful to look on their life as a whole like to be able to see it in the snapshot because yes because then we can think Oh, well, we're getting barked down with our life,
0: but maybe when we look back on our life, we'll see the big picture of what yes. God was really doing. Yeah, that's great. That's a very good point, how those books are a snapshot. I love that. Mm-hmm. Coming from a photographer, she would use this type of cliche, <laughs> right? I don't take that many photos anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about your life, Rebecca? Have Where have you had to practice patience? And really, my biggest part of this is, was it easy?
1: Well, can I just answer your last question yes. first? Yes. No, it was not easy. Um, I definitely know what it feels like to be in a situation where you don't really know how God is going to work through it. You can't see
0: the snapshot.
1: No, you cannot. As I talked before in this podcast, which I just want to let you know, Julie, I have not listened to the podcast. I do not want to hear myself talk. Oh, okay. But, yes, I, I'm thankful that it has it been has helpful. It has helped people, yes. Um, But as I talked before on this podcast, I was born with a genetic syndrome called Chuture-Collins that resulted in a lot of facial surgeries when I was younger. When I was little to about junior high, I just felt kind of lonely and alone. Mm. I had good, kind friends, but it was just a sort of lonely that came from just being different than everyone else. I mean, that would have happened in junior high regardless. I feel like junior high is an especially difficult time. But it was amplified by looking a little different and having to deal with really commonplace things like not being able to hear people when I was swimming because I had to take my hearing aids off and just things like that. Having to go to doctor's appointments and surgeries when no one else in the youth group had to do that. It just felt like there was something embarrassing and wrong about me. Now that I'm older, I can see the lie in thinking that having a medical right. problem is embarrassing. But to someone going through those really difficult, socially weird years of junior high, that lie was really a really big deal and a huge challenge to me. Hmm. I also was not sure if I would ever get married. Again, looking back, I could give myself some hope and comfort and advice to just keep pursuing godliness and let the Lord work that one out. But as a little shy, awkward junior high girl who was not really attractive. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think any of my junior high friends at that time were no, attractive. None but of But this was an awkward time. But I was not liked by any boys. I, I had a genetic syndrome that could be passed on to her kids and cause huge deformities. It was just really easy to doubt that anyone would ever mm. want to take on that risk of marrying me which also contributed to that feeling of loneliness. Wow. So I definitely struggled with patience. Looking back, those years feel very short, but they also feel very long. Like I just remember those feelings of loneliness and just Mm. wondering what was going to happen in my future, wondering Mm. if anyone would ever love me and marry me. Mm. I did wonder why God had given me that specific trial instead of someone else. It was hard to wait joyfully to see what the Lord would do when that period was just so painful in a lot of ways. But at the same time as I felt that pain, I knew that God was good. I never doubted if he was actually good or if he was actually in control. I had hope that God was working out his perfect plan. I just didn't know what exactly would happen. Um, and looking back at that period of time, I can see how God has used that to ground me spiritually in so many ways.
0: So although that was painful, I am very thankful for it. Hmm. I have heard that multiple times from people that I've had on the podcast who have gone through painful things, that even though I, I've often asked them, would you, would you go back and do it differently? If you could, would you change something? And I think every single one of them said no. Yeah. Because, number one, this is what God put in my life. And number two, it's been a part of my growth and sanctification, whatever the hard thing is. Yeah. I've wondered
1: before, what would I be like, you know, character-wise if I hadn't had that? Mm. What would I have been missing? You know, what lessons would God not
0: have been teaching me if I hadn't had that difficulty? Yeah. Okay. Wow, Rebecca. That is a really great example and i'm so thankful that you shared about how you've worked through some of that because i think women who are listening we've all had difficult things that we've had to figure out Uh, maybe some of us haven't been so patient and i love that you shared kind of the the fact that it wasn't always easy Mm -hmm. you know since you've had some victory in this area what about some ways that you have struggled what about right now do you still struggle with patience
1: Yes, oh Julie. <laughs> so my mind immediately goes to my stage of life right now. I have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. Oh, that's busy. Patients, yes, it's very busy, and my patience is tried every single day. That just feels very different than it was when I was in junior high. You know, wondering if I would be married. Sure. Right. My three-year-old and my nine-year-old are very sweet. I love them both. I love them dearly, and I enjoy them. But. I still find myself getting very impatient as especially the three year old says, Mama, I'm hungry hmm. for like the hundredth time <laughs> of the day and I just have no idea what to feed him. I really have to fight to be patient with my kids. In some ways I feel like that's harder than huh. the long term things. Oh, for that's me. interesting. Just like the day to day dealing with people. Um I have a lot of computer and kind of thought-heavy work to do that's really difficult to do when I'm getting requests for help and snacks and, like, having to correct attitudes all the time. Yes. And so it can be a big temptation to think that my work, which is not income-producing work, but just work for the church or whatever... Uh, That my work is more important than my kids' needs Mm. are. And I can become very impatient when my kids are hindering my other work and what I've planned to do that day. Mm, That's really interesting. Yes. I can totally relate. Yes. And of course this is sin. Yep. God has given me my children and they are the most important work he has given me. It's definitely not wrong to tell my kids that I'm busy and it's not wrong to say no to some of their requests because I'm working on something else. You know, right. it's, it's good to teach your kids that they can't have everything that they want. Right, That's actually helping them be yes. impatient. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But to become impatient and annoyed and upset right. that my plans and what I want to do are getting hindered by my kids is wrong. It's sin. It's kind of a situation that, f- that seems like it needs a different angle of patience than what we've been talking about. Because we've mostly been talking about the patience we need to walk through kind of the long-term trials not necessarily dealing with other people but i really think it's the same although Mm. having a three-year-old is a very different sort of a trial than having surgeries is and really a much more fun trial yes it's still a trial in some sense and we need patience to get through it and to deal in the little moments Mm. i needed to have hope as i wondered if i would get married but I also need to have hope as I stop what I'm working on and fill up my three year olds water bottle. Right. I need to know what I'm hoping in. I'm hoping for my children's salvation and that they will grow up to love and serve the Lord. I hope in the Lord's promises of claiming my kids as his own. I hope in the Lord's promises that children are a blessing and arrows in the hand of a warrior. Mm you know my my kids are the most important work they are going to be far more lasting than the work that i'm doing on my computer or whatever and those big hopes and those understandings and right priorities can help carry me in those everyday moments
0: of motherhood when i'm tempted to be impatient it kind of sounds like you are reminding yourself of the truth of god's word on a consistent basis yes because that's what we do when we have hope Yes, we're going back to what God's Word says and I love that you talked about the two different kinds of Practicing you know of patience and training, you know We have these big moments where maybe it's a long-term health issue Job crisis whatever that might be a longer longer term thing then we have I think you called it the nitty-gritty days The patients yes. in the every day. Yeah, but yes. they're still kind of still rooted in the same thing. Yes Yes
1: yeah, that's good. And those nitty-gritty can just get you. Yeah. Like it just makes your heart like ah. Yeah. I can't deal with this
0: anymore. And, and I I also think that sometimes with the nitty-gritty stuff, we don't even see it. Yes. And I love that you pointed out the fact some of your examples were good because you know, we do have things to do. You know, we have jobs. Some people have jobs at home or they have things they have to get done. But there's a way to go about it, and it's really a heart attitude, mm-hmm. because we can, we are, as I know this, trust me, because I have six kids. They all, I often have heard them when they were kid, little kids, act and speak in the same way that I do. Yes, yes. And so, even if I don't speak it, they would still act that way. Yes. So our what we're saying and doing is important. For sure. For sure and again i'm not saying that every
1: time that my three-year-old you know comes to me asking for right. water i'm having this big thing i have to work towards thinking in that long-term view yeah. and reminding myself of god's truth but i think even just staffing and thinking about your life like where am i tempted to be impatient mm-hmm. and thinking okay well how do i align myself with god's truth and how do i yes. s- remind myself what is actually important in that little situation that I know is gonna come up. I think that can be really helpful, like planning
0: for those times that you're gonna be impatient. Yeah, having some purpose behind Mm -hmm. it, so you're prepared, I love that, that's great. Have any other people helped you during some of those impatient times?
1: I think whenever someone has given me hope or simply told me that they love me, that has been really helpful. Mm. So, I mean, back to when I was younger, it was parents who loved me, and especially a pastor who loved me and told me that I was beautiful and talked about me getting married. Those were mm. really helpful to give me hope. And sometimes it just takes some encouragement to help someone who is impatient. I think we should get into the practice of reminding each other where our hope lies. Mm. Like imagine how much happier we would be as a group of women if we consistently reminded each other of our hope. Like mm. I know you're dealing with this but Look at God's word, and yeah. this is what you're hoping for. So, trust Him, love mm-hmm. Him, have hope, be patient. And,
0: and really, what you're saying is encouragement. Yes. Encouraging others is such a huge thing. Yes. And if we're mothers, encouraging our children. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they might, they're going through tough things. They might be the, the three year old who needs a drink, but they also might be the elementary student who's struggling with um, math all year that's hard you know, or, or an older child who's struggling through some other thing, we've got to be an encouragement to them. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's ever given me an encouragement
1: that I was like, oh, that was weird. You know, <laughs> I think oftentimes we, we feel
0: like it's got to be
1: weird to go up to someone and, and encourage them, but it's always helpful. I yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't and, think it's ever unhelpful. And there's so many ways to encourage people. For sure. And to give them the hope. Yes. Of, of the, of Christ in the future. I love that. That's yeah. great. Okay, so I always ask on the podcast um, about the Bible because we always want to use the Bible as our base and our foundation for what we do. And that's how we actually go back to truth is to go back to the Bible. Um, I know that for me, I have often had verses that I just loved and I would repeat them and recite them from an index card. I remember writing them on index cards and putting them on my sink. So what about you, did you have any verses Or chapters that just really helped you through some of these things.
1: I immediately think of Psalm 130. And this is how it goes. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful Mm. redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities." Love that. I've always loved that chapter because it's full of hope. Mm-hmm. That chapter doesn't just say, you know, suck it up and have patience. You know, right. Just do it. it you it, got it, this, girl. Yes. It no, doesn't say that. It does not say that at all. It gives the reason why we can be patient. We can have hope in the Lord and His plan. God loves us and will use our trials for our good. And we absolutely will see the result and completion of our patience whether in this life or the one to come. Maybe not in this life, but we can have hope that it will come to completion, you know, maybe
0: in heaven. Yeah, that's great. I love these verses. I, I actually remember, it's funny you bring them up because I remember a particularly hard time in my life and I was waiting for answers for something and they were not coming. And I remember, I think I read this chapter every day. It was like about three or four months and I read it a lot. And I loved the little part that says, how we're supposed to wait. We're supposed to wait more than the watchman waits for the morning. And I that always struck me because it reminded me that we needed to be intently waiting and not just passive, right? Yes. We need to be looking and waiting and hopeful. And there's a goal. I just I just thought that was a great Reminder to me and I needed that at that time.
1: Yeah, and if you're the watchman waiting for the morning The morning is coming like it's not gonna not
0: come. Yeah, you're waiting for something that you know is coming. Yes, that's right Okay, so, you know, this is really good to talk about but we have to kind of figure out how we're gonna do it Mm -hmm. So what are some practical ways that we can we could do this grow in this particular area? like what's something you or I could do today so in
1: order to be patient like what we've talked about before we need to trust in god's goodness so we need to remind ourselves of god's goodness so some ways to do this are in the midst of any annoying situation thank god for one thing Mm. so you know you're sitting at that red light you look around and you thank god for one thing another thing would be to make a list of what god has done for you in the past
0: Mm, I love that one.
1: Remind yourself that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And read about the reward that awaits us in heaven. So again, focusing your eyes towards what will come. And understanding what is actually going to come. And then read about the men and women in the Bible who are patient. You Mm -hmm. know, those men and women of Hebrews 11 or all over the Bible. You know yeah. job hannah esther david all of
0: those people yes joseph
1: yes yes and then read through the psalms and praise him using his own words mm-hmm. i think sometimes when we're in the midst of a situation we just don't have the words to speak to praise him but if we just open our bible and go to the psalms we can use his words to reorient our mind
0: mm-hmm. towards
1: his truth and towards our hope mm-hmm.
0: Those are great. I, I actually have two more to add to your list. Okay, Sounds is that all right? good. Sounds great. Okay. One is I think reading, we talked about it already, so this is a repetitive um, comment, but reading good biographies yeah. about missionaries or, or Christians who loved God in whatever circumstance. They don't have to be missionaries, but I, those always, always, always encourage me and always give me hope. I yeah. love your description that they're just a snapshot from the beginning to the end of this person's life, you yeah. know, but we can see how they lived yeah. and that is great. I also love the idea of making a list of what God has done in the past. I call those spiritual markers. And I have my own lists, and I have them, you know, all the uh, journey on the way. I've got my signs up right on my road that I can remember all the things that God has done and the ways that he has worked for my good, even in hard things. And I also think asking other people about that in their life is great. Yes,
1: or even what they've seen in your life. Like, yeah, I think sometimes you totally forget. Oh,
0: yeah, I was dealing with that five years ago, or this is yes, what I've changed. Yep, that's right. That's great. That's great. That's another encouraging way yes. to speak to somebody. I love those. Those are so awesome. I think it's um, been really good today to talk about patients. Um, I'm so thankful that you were able to join us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Uh, I
1: would you be willing to pray for us? Sure, I would love to pray. Father God, we thank you for your patience. We thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. We thank you that you're sovereign over Mm -hmm. all things. Mm -hmm. I pray that you would remind us of your sovereignty, that you would remind us of the hope that we have in you. I pray that you would give us the strength to work without growing weary, to have patience with those around us. I just pray that we would hope in you and hope in your goodness and Mm -hmm. in who you are that you would remind us of you. And I pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks again, Rebecca, for being on with us today. Yes.
1: I'm glad to be here.
0: All right. um, I'm guessing I'll probably get you again sometime. I would love to come. (laughs) That'd be great to have you. Okay, don't forget, next week, we are going to have another episode drop next Thursday. It's our fourth installment of Feminology. So we're going to talk about a brand new focus called strength for women. So I think you're going to love to listen to that. We're going to kind of hash through it and start thinking about, can a woman be strong? Like, is it okay? And how does that look in the real world? And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.